0: From the art of the deal to keeping it real. Keeping it real. Live from the Simply Vegas Studios, it's The Power Move with John Gafford.
1: Back again, back again, back again for another fun-filled episode of The Power Move. I'm your host, John Gafford. Unfortunately, you know, hey, look, some of you guys may want to shut this off right now because we actually sent Colt to equestrian school for the week. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. They go to question school. Cole is off to Utah to uh, spend time with family and friends. So sitting next to me today is the one, the only. You're not getting a nickname. The counselor?
0: The The counselor. counselor.
1: Esquire. That's what you're getting.
0: I'll take it.
1: Chris Connell, Esquire. So next to me. And sitting in the hot seat today, a guy that I have... uh, I become, you know, I have got to know a little bit and I, and I, and I dig this dude and I think he has a good story and for what we're going to talk about today, I thought he'd be a great guest to have in. This is my man, the humble CEO, Ben Humble.
2: Yo! In the in the studio good today. Good to be here. Good to be here, man. Good to be here. So, like in Vegas, minus all the bullshit that.
1: Yeah, dude, I you know, we, we always love to have you here cuz you just look like a dude that spends money. So, On behalf of Vegas, looks are deceiving. Looks can be deceiving. Looks can be deceiving. deceiving. But but Ben's got a story that's a little near and dear to my heart because we have some shared past heritage. So, you know, today what we're going to talk about, man, and what I really want to get into is resilience. Mm. And I'm going to tell you why. I, I Honestly, man, I didn't know. It's like the the, the show right before Thanksgiving is going to come out. Uh, we're not going to do a Friday show, so you might as well just ease through this one because it's all you're getting this, this week, ladies and gents. That's it. But uh, I didn't know what we were going to talk about today. I figured we'd talk, you know, and I don't want to do stupid turkey stuff, but today something happened, Connell. It happened. As I'm walking through the hallways here, there's somebody that um, that works here that occasionally we have you, you know, this this is a person that you know always wants more space in the office. And, and, and in our offices here, space is a premium. It is definitely it's expensive real estate. It's like every inch of it is like monopoly on it or like boardwalk or park place, all right. of it is. It's super premium. And I said to him, uh, he came up, he's like, hey man, I want to put somebody at that desk. And it's a desk in in my media director's office that actually our director of operations sits at when she comes in. And the answer to that was, well, well, I said, that's the director of operations desk. When she comes in, this is where she sits. And he's like, oh, she's never here. And it got me to thinking, and, 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 you know, I shut it down pretty quick, but it got me to thinking, and here's what it is. The key to being resilient, the key to resilience in life, if you had to break it down, is making what the resources you have work instead of being consumed with what you don't have looking forward. Right. And... You know, for me, uh, resilience is a big deal. You know, when I when I was on The Apprentice, we were just talking about that <laughs> a minute ago. Yes, we were talking about that. It always seems to come up with new people um, when that comes up. But one of the things that I'm actually most proud of about The Apprentice when it happened was – I was told by Doctor. Liza Siegel, who wrote a book about all of the contestants after it called "The Sweet Life." You can check it up. I guess uh, it was a psychology of all of all of the contestants. And she told me when she was writing that book that I tested higher in resiliency than any candidate ever had. And when you look at the high functioning people that are on that show, I, I took that as a great compliment. Sure. I thought that was really solid. And Ben's story, I think, is is a story of a lot of you know resilience. And you know, one of the things that I love to have people on this show are people that you listen to their stories you listen to the, the history you listen to the background and you say to yourself what the fuck is my excuse you know it kind of i'm gonna take i'm gonna take some more excuses off the table today mm-hmm. so man humble man tell us like tell us the origins i mean i heard it all at dinner but you know tell the folks about you man let's, let's hear about you yeah
2: so before i just jump into that I, i'm just gonna chime in on you real quick resiliency yeah. man I'm just, i just hit you with my thought for a second here yeah resiliency to me there's starts with emotional resiliency and then everything else. Mm-hmm. You got to become a kind of person that I believe that you are willing to become resourceful, independent, moving forward. Everything is a choice in life. Mm-hmm. So let me hit you with the backstory. I'll give you the abbreviated version. Cool? Yeah. we we'll so, We got an hour, <laughs> man. Shit, We're take, get, take your time. Let's go. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm going to start coming up with Colt-esque like, <laughs> <Exactly. a> top <laughs> five, five, five lists. Top so. five lists for Colt. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> so when I was born, I was a young man. No. <laughs> I was born in a communist country in 1985. Which, Which one? Romania. Romania. Yeah. I've been there. Okay, you've been there. I have. All right, probably post communism. Like two years ago. All right. So yes. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot different spot. Yeah, a little bit different. Yeah. So born under communism and you know, un- and I think people don't realize what communism really is. Right. Communism is, you know, you've only got a couple choices in communism. You have to play by the rules, mm-hmm. which means you have to sacrifice your personal belief system, really your personal desires, and any real creativity. That's what communism does, it strips out all the creativity. Mm-hmm. Or you play by the rules in the shadows, in hiding. Right. So, you know, my dad's a Christian. Our whole family's a Christian. We're faith-based people. And we grew up in this society where, you know, by the time I'm four or five years old, my dad had three or four kids. And, you know, they're doing church underground. They're doing different things underground. They're doing like missionary work underground. Everything is underground. But my dad's labeled. He's labeled as this Christian, right? So he can't go out and do all the things that regular communist people do, the people who are following all the basic rules and doing all this stuff. So... You know, forget getting the best jobs. And those are, by the way, those are government jobs. Yeah, And everything is is hand to mouth, meaning like every single thing in a communist society requires an envelope. You know what an envelope is? Oh, sure. This is Vegas, baby. We all know
0: what an envelope (laughs) is. Very aware, very aware. That's how it plays out. a law, law does not endorse the use of envelopes for curing special favor at any point in time. Just no, saying, we this cannot that. You.
2: That is the real currency, right? Because in a society that says everybody's equal, well, the truth is there's capitalists in that society as well. So you want to give birth to your child, you got to go to the hospital with an envelope. You don't show up with an envelope or some kind of gift or some type of barter. You're going to sit mm-hmm. there and you're not given labor. And if you are, nobody's helping you. And that's the reality of a communist system is it strips away your creativity, your incentives, and everything else. Right. So dad decides early on, he says, I can't live here for my future and my children's future. So at 27 years old, he makes the decision, mm-hmm. which is to run. Everything he knows is in Romania. Everyone mm-hmm. he knows is in Romania. He says, I'm out of here. It's a different language too than a lot of the other
0: Slavic countries that surround it, right?
2: Yeah, Well, we're not Slavic. So. No, but
0: that, what I'm saying is it's borders...
2: Serbia yeah, so you,
0: and like, like all those, it's a, it's a different language base too, I believe.
2: Yeah. So we're one of the Romance languages similar to, uh, let's say French or Italians, Spanish. Yeah. So we're right next and we're neighboring um, Hungary. Hungary, right? which from. is
1: Asiatic. And, and that's, yeah, that's my heritage.
2: Yeah. So we had to, so my dad, basically this was a just a beautiful story. If you're a person of faith, you'll really appreciate this. My mom had a vision. There was these couple of guards that were stationed, you know, during their time and service on the border. Mm-hmm. And they literally approached her one day and said, I've had a vision that you guys need to leave and we're going to help you do that. So they arranged a small caravan of people that literally run. And dad had to make a tough decision. Dad had to make a decision at 27 years old where he's got these children and which ones can he take? Because he can't physically carry everybody. Sophie's <laughs> <Selfies> choice. <coughs> so I'm the oldest. I can walk and I have a brother and a sister and you know I've got these other two little baby brothers sisters, and they strapped two kids by the arm. They grabbed me, and they left the most independent kids, the ones that you basically went to a neighbor and said, "I need you to watch my kids for the night." Uh. Turned around, he said, "It was the hardest thing I've ever had to do." And they just ran. We ran. We hid basically during the day, and we would cross over at night between the guards, between all the stuff, mm. the dogs, all the stuff that happened. A car would pick us up on the other border, drive us to the next border, drop us off. We'd hide again and cross another one. So, after a couple of days of travel, we walk up to a refugee camp in Austria. We had to get to Austria because if we didn't get that far, we'd get turned around. Yeah. Turned around, captured, whatever else, prison, all that stuff. And nobody was running with kids back then. It was usually guys. Guys would run and, and hopefully later come and get their families. Mm-hmm. But dad ran. We ran. And he had faith that, you know, if how got, were you How old were you how were I was four. You were four. Jeez. So dad ran and he said, and, and he had faith that if he got to the destination, hopefully someone, the Red Cross or somebody would intervene and hopefully reunite our family. So we get to the refugee camp, we finally make it. And, and everybody's looking at him like, you're crazy, man. You ran with your entire family. You came here to this refugee camp. You made it. By the grace of God, you got here. Now what? My dad's living in his faith- living in faith his entire life. That's, that's just, that's the only move he has. So he gets there, doesn't speak the language. You know, I, I, I break a leg while I'm there just messing around. I have to go to the hospital. He has to leave me at the hospital because they won't allow him to take me home. Ow. My mom's looking at him like, why did you leave my son at the hospital? Can you imagine the trauma? No, no. 26, 27 year old kids, basically with three or four little kids in this refugee no. camp. They do that. And it most amazing day would have been a few months later. They actually execute the president of Romania on live television. Communism. What year is that? 89? 89. 89. Yeah. 89 to 90 in that region. So they execute this guy. Mom was pregnant at the time. Goes to give birth to my sister at the hospital. Comes home. And as she comes home with this little baby, there's all these kids obviously running around the refugee camp. Mm -hmm. And my dad walks in with these two little kids. And my mom says, don't bring any more people here. I got all these, you know, all these little kids and everybody. And he says, that's your son and daughter. Oh, he went and got them. So that day, he was able to get him over. Somebody brought him over. Like how,
1: like how soon after the, after soon at the re- months. revolution, months.
2: it was, it was months after we left. So in the morning they had three kids with them in the evening. They had six. We were reunited. Wow. Yeah. Well, can we,
1: I mean, can you talk about being 27 with five kids? I mean, good Lord. That's I'm, I'm a hero, 40, that's a hero in my book. I'm, and it's, I'm, I'm 41 with
2: two. And I'm like, Oh
1: God. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's a hero in my book as it is.
2: My yeah. God. Yeah. And that's, that's how you start. That's life. Right. We applied to America and Canada, and Dad just goes wherever's taking me. I'm going. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the U.S. turned us down. I mean, shoot.
0: Oh, did so You went to Canada. We went to Canada. Where? Yeah.
2: Oh, gee. We went to Canada. We went to Windsor, Ontario, oh, Canada. God.
0: I mean, you can say Detroit. Nobody sure, you
2: can We're say basically Detroit. Look at me. I mean, I'm like from. So Detroit. did you live in a strip club in Windsor or <laughs> like <laughs> hey, what is, what is, Horton, is that? Because yeah. last time I checked, it's casinos and well, strip clubs. It that's Horton's. for Americans. That's what it is. Because you guys just rape and pillage <laughs> everything. Oh God. yikes! Zinger. Oh, God. Jesus. Okay, this is a comedy show, right? Well, I'm We're Canadian, so oh, yeah. How yeah okay. I am Canadian. she Are you guys going to talk about
1: syrup for the next 25 minutes? No, This guy doesn't understand things.
2: Beaver tails. He doesn't understand about any of these. I'm talking about Justin or the other thing. No, no, no. Bieber <laughs> tail. <Yeah>. Bieber <laughs> tail. B- Same thing, uh, right?
0: Bieber tail is the is the the detritus <laughs> of all those poor girls he left behind in his wake.
2: Okay, oh. <laughs> let me finish your question real oh, quick. Oh, yeah, keep we get to Canada. Dad has three more kids. So I'm the oldest of nine living in Canada, and mom and dad are the just oldest of nine. Mom, the oldest of nine at this time. Nine in Canada. Mom and dad are working two three jobs to put food on the table. Roman Catholic. It was Romanian Pentecostal. That's what we are. Mm. Uh, that's the life we grew up in. Yeah. So just a life where nothing is given to you. You got to go and get it. You got to live in some kind of faith. And there's no, like, there's no no. No is not an answer. No is a response we create for ourselves. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. who are resilient, to your point, we just remove the word no.
0: Yeah. You don't have a choice.
2: That's it. Like, what are you, you going to do? You're either moving forward or you die. There's no, like, I'm going to sit in comfort when a man with nine kids working two, three jobs to put food on the yeah. table and try to be the best man that he can for his family and a woman of incredible faith with nine kids, there is no going back, man. Yeah. If you were lucky enough to get to this mile of life, you got to keep going. Well, see, I got to tell you
1: that what you just said is one of my biggest fears because I believe that adversity builds grit, grit, build, grit builds resiliency. And you know, like you look at like the, the lap of luxury that my little uh, – my little offspring are living these days. Uh, you know, it's hard. And, and I think, again, as much as you try to create some sense of, of, of adversity, it's not real. You know, we try to it's do it through sports. It's yeah. it's, it's Sports adversity. is manufactured adversity. It's not, not real. My kids will, you know, God, you know, God willing, never know what it's like to be hungry. Never know what it's like to fear where they're going to sleep. Never yeah. know uh, what it's like to not have their sibling there, not by choice for months at a time. You know these these are these are real world problems, uh, that, that you know yeah. So I, I think that's a challenge.
2: Well, so- I would just add one little caveat here. To me, the way we think about life is those aren't problems. That's my story,
1: mm-hmm. and yeah. everybody
2: has a story that you're doing something with. Hopefully, because I believe your greatest gift that you have in life is your story. Mm-hmm. What you've gone through, you turn that adversity you talked about—it's a weapon a mass destruction you either point it that way towards the world and you go conquer with it or you point it towards yourself and you create a self-defeating victim attitude you get two options so i believe like your story is your power man if you have a story that's amazing share it with the world don't live in embarrassment or fear or whatever guilt and all that make it great and your kids if they have all the luxury in the world the story is going to be amazing, dude. It's going to be amazing.
1: <laughs> well, just I, keep pushing. I've always said I've always said my son, they're, they're both, don't get me wrong. My kids are not loafers. They're exceptional kids. They're straight-A kids. Uh, I've always said my son is going to go to an incredible college probably and have an incredible career and work in a beautiful building owned by yeah. my daughter.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> what I That's what I've always kind of said cuz
1: my daughter she she got she got the hustle. She's is she, got, she dad's does She hustle. loan
0: him money sometimes I, and take Yeah, Oh, no, <laughs>
1: dude, yeah, so yeah, you know, what he's talking about. I my daughter cuz they own the vending machine here in the office and uh that's their business right they that's they run they run the vending machine and uh they own it and they have to do accounting and marketing and all that stuff and and all those things and one day we're at home and i need to change for 100 right so i send roma (laughs) who she's got quote unquote fat stacks upstairs i'm like roma go give me change for 100 she's like no because she likes you know the stacks of money yeah of course why not i'm like go get go give me change so she goes upstairs and she comes to (laughs) begrudgingly goes upstairs Comes down, hands me a stack of money. I start counting. I go, babe, this is 97 bucks. She turns around and goes, service fee. (laughs) And I was like, what? And she goes, would you rather go to the store? And I'm like, no, I would not rather go to the store. Would you like to eat
0: dinner tonight? Yeah,
1: fair fair enough. I mean, hey. She, hey Anna i need, Bryce, i needed maybe. something Anna she Anna had a Bryce. solution there's juice involved don't buy with that thinking. that you have to no, you celebrate is that she an immigrant
2: like, dude she's <laughs> must be an immigrant no, right?
1: <laughs> no no her name is roma but
0: she's not an immigrant <laughs> there you go I, you guys are talking about resilience it's like almost a choice i don't know that it's a choice everybody i met who was resilient it's almost like they it's not it's intrinsic see i don't know if, if it becomes intrinsic over time but the people i know that are resilient they don't think for a second what if you know yeah it's like just, it's a foregone conclusion to them they're like i'm going there i don't know why you're having a discussion i'll, give, I'll about- give
2: you my take my dad taught me that everything is a choice if i don't have a choice in the matter then i'm a victim by some capacity i have no i'm a victim of resiliency i better be resilient and then you have a horrible attitude about it i believe everything is a choice you get slapped in the face i'm gonna slap you in the face look that's your choice to get upset and to react it's literally a choice yeah but but, well, you, but you can go well I, I have no choice i have to react and slap you back right My personal belief is if I wake up and I have free agency over myself in this Mm -hmm, world and I get to make a choice every single day, that that means that I can choose to win today and I can choose to be defeated. But if you never choose to be defeated, are you ever choosing? You're still choosing. I think you're still it's choosing, almost, even yeah. if you tell what yourself if that you, I'm winning.
1: If you choose not to make a choice, you still have made a <laughs> choice. Quote yeah. Rush.
2: See, now I'm Canadian. Jesus, I'm quote <laughs> Rush over this thing. dude. My Good All Lord. I'm saying to you is, well, I, I believe when you look at it as a choice, then you have the control, mm-hmm. right? Because by some circumstance, when somebody strips your control away, that's communism, right? Yo, I have no choice. I got to do this. No, no. Dad, Dad made a choice. Dad didn't say I, I have no. He was no still getting options, it done. No opportunities. I'm yeah. out. But, Peace. I, but I think what what he's tr- he's
1: trying to say is is it innate in people to be this way or is it a learned skill? Because at some point, I, I think it's probably a blend of the two. Like like everything. Yeah. No. Like like for for me when I was a kid, like like it never occurred to me that you know my parents were were split up when I was young, and then my mom was always working, so we were kind of left our own devices at the house pretty young, you know, so. I just kind of adopted the neighbor's family as my family. Like that peanut butter and jelly mom, the one that makes all the peanut butter and jellies for the kids playing hide and seek. That I just adopted them. Like, and it never even occurred to me that, like, well, I wasn't getting what I wanted at home, so I just went and found it somewhere else. Yeah. I just. I just solved the problem what I what I lacked through through well, the cards on the table. And
2: without pontificating on this, yeah. I just want to be clear my, my, my Oh we pontificate on this. for a living here, buddy. Let's exacerbate, let's do all the other oh, yeah. <laughs> minus the other thing. Oh right? yeah. You know? Don't I'm saying don't it's the, it might be the, <laughs> be the chair. The chair We just here's my thing on this. Like when <laughs> when you make a choice and 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 you'd move forward in whatever capacity that is, and you and you achieve something, that's when confidence gets built. Yeah, confidence only happens once it's done. Hey, man, I did it. I'm confident. Yeah, Not some manufactured desire and hope and whatever. We don't yeah. believe in all that stuff. My point is this. You make a choice, you win. You make a choice, you win. You make a choice, you win. That level of commitment or resolve develops your character. And then that's you go, I made choices to be here. I made choices right. to do everything. So for me, if we can say that it's a balance between you know conditioning and, 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 and nature versus nurture, I'm like 98% conditioning. That's
0: right. That's yeah. what yeah. it is, yeah. man. Yeah, it's yeah. not like that's you were born right. into yeah, it. So it, now yeah. you
2: have to do... Again, 98%, I made a choice, move, made a choice, move, made right. a choice, move. That's how I have my agency back. Right. That's how mm-hmm. I know that I get to make my my own future isn't dependent on some random circumstance. Right. That's why I don't believe in you know some rocks colliding and it busting up and some random shit happens. Yeah. I just don't believe that. Well, I see, believe that something was ordained. Somebody made a decision. There was a choice. And as a result of the choice, there's an outcome. And that was achieved.
1: Well, see, I I think that's one of the scariest things. If you look at American politics right now and you you look at when Trump was in office, you had all of these people that this man is doing something to me personally that I cannot control. Now you have Joe Biden in office and you have the other end of the bell curve saying the same stuff. Because if you think like that, like, for example, like when I look at government policy, whatever it may be, I'm going to figure out a way to work through it. I'm just going to lay it out to me. I'm going to figure out how to navigate through it and I'm going to get through it, but it's not going to affect the way that I live my life. It's not going to have any type of effect. And I think when you get to that place where you surrender your free will and thought process of how you can get through something Mm. to a political ideology, be it communism, be it left wing, be it right wing, but whatever it is, I think when you surrender that and way too many Americans right now are surrendering their free will and their free choice and their, their, the innate ability for them to navigate that path, they'd rather go stand on the side of the corner with a damn poster board and complain about it.
2: That's but, funny. Yeah, what th- you are so, saying? I'll just touch on that real quick. That to me, surrendering that, I you're surrendering your identity. That is communism. Yeah, we have no identity. We have no agency. We just have we the people.
0: See, that's interesting. Like the way I look at it, and again, this is just perspective and, and semantics. But I almost look at what John is exactly saying, and you know, we're we're politically kind of close, but sometimes fall on different issues. But we both are under the same impression that it's not only that. So I'm not giving my agency to them. What I do is I dispossess them of their agency over me. So in politics, I don't care who you put in. It's like Jay-Z yeah. said, put me anywhere on God's green earth, I'll triple my worth. <laughs> like I really don't care. I'd, I'd Hovah. <laughs> Hova. <laughs> but I'd go to China and I'd be successful because like I said – And that's what I mean by free will and resiliency and agency. I'm very resilient. And when I was a kid, I was 12 years old playing football with 16-year-olds and getting fucking murdered. Mm. My dad's like, why don't you quit? He's like, you don't have to do this. Why are you doing this? Right? It's, It's suffering. Right? It's like Sisyphus pushing a rock. It's because in that process of suffering, if you have chosen that I'm not giving people agency over me, then at that point you know you will never succumb to their agency well
1: well, but you also if you're not going to let them have agency over you you got to take responsibility for your own shit. there you go
2: (laughs) that's exactly (laughs) it. but that that's where independence gets formed like we Mm -hmm. need to have an independent mind to be able to move forward in life regardless of see everybody's blaming environment and circumstance sure number one i'm going to put it out there and some people are not going to like this but life is actually not that complicated it's actually relatively simple because life is slow Everybody yeah. does the same shit every single day, complain about the same problems. They take the same approach. They, they hang out with the same people. They never are willing to move because comfort is a, greater, is a greater motivator mm-hmm. than growth. Mm -hmm. simple growth is scary if if, dude if you got ten dollars and i say let's go make ten dollars together okay that's cool man and and you'll kind of half-ass do it dude you're about to lose that ten dollars if you don't move your car from that spot you're going to get a ticket oh yeah your ass is running to the street so that you don't lose your ten dollars so losing is a greater motivator than winning well
1: they've all said they they were said that human beings will move faster away from pain than they will f- quickly. Towards and that's motor. the point.
2: I believe that if you want to develop resiliency, embrace the pain, man. Mm-hmm. And pain is not a bad thing. Pain is a motivator. Just stop being a wimp about it. Right. Oh man, I got to live in this shitty society. Dude, move. Move if if it either hurts or doesn't hurt. I love I know, that. I you're not a tree. <laughs> you, know. can move. you gotta be able. You gotta be willing to move, and that's where it comes back to that agency. The, thing. the price in Southern California is too expensive. You know what's cheap? Wisconsin. How <laughs> <Have laughs> about it. Well, I don't want to live in Wisconsin. That's well, your you're choice. choice. See, you can't have an opinion and an action. That's my belief. Right. Like you can sit here and debate all day about all the stuff you're never gonna actually do, right. which is why education doesn't work. And I'm an educator. Mm-hmm. Education by itself does nothing until a person is activated. Right. It has to be multiple factors to get you off your butt, get you working, get Mm -hmm. you moving forward. So I just look at everything with a negative consequence. Like you got to be able, what I do, I I, I, I take a forecast of my life and I look forward to 50 years and I'm sitting in this rocking chair. It's probably red like this one. (laughs) I'm 80 years old, sitting in this bloody rocking chair. because you're saucy. I'm sitting there, right? And I'm (laughs) in this rocking chair and I'm going to ask myself one question. With the things that I was given, did I do the things I should have done? Right. Mm -hmm. Dude, that that question haunts me.
0: That's the definition mm-hmm. of
2: success in that's my the book. S- yeah. That's the d- definition of stewardship
1: in That you're moving out, yeah.
2: God gave you all this stuff, your, fam- your, 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 your family, your parents, mm-hmm. the people around you, all the positive stuff that you had in front of you. Did you do with the positive that you could have, mm-hmm. or did you just focus on the negative your whole life because that one was maybe more prevailing or more in the news or more in the media? Sure. Yeah. I, we're all going to feel like idiots if we're 80, sitting in that chair going, mm-hmm. well, I could have done more, but more little more. Jenny from grade six made Didn't fun of it. me and gave me a complex. No, right. yeah, yeah. Nobody Cares. Right. Your mission doesn't care. Your purpose doesn't care. And your legacy doesn't care. Right. So we got to tell Jenny to piss off. And we all got Jenny's from grade six, yep. right? Sixth grade, if you're American. I don't know. Maybe you guys are understanding well, my. Oh, oh, I heard yeah. you. No, you no, know, no, I didn't no. even blink when I heard yeah. grade, six. grade six. Real quick, real, real, real quick.
1: I had a Jenny in grade six. She yeah. was in ninth grade
2: and we were dating. That's
1: what I'm talking about.
2: Okay. Got a little flex there. They, that's right. Dude, that's, that's fine. Right. It is what <laughs> it <laughs> is. A power move. But we all got one, man. You create your own adversity, man. You got to use it as that weapon. Well, like
1: t- today when I was leaving the house, you know, I was, as I'm leaving, I hear the unmistakable sound of NHL 2021 coming from upstairs again, because uh, my son plays it all the time. And as I'm walking out the door, I stopped and I turned back around. And I came in and I yelled up the stairs. I said, Come here, come to the stairs. And he comes to the edge of the stairs and I said to him, I go, Bro, let me ask you a question. If you found out at five o'clock today that you were going to, it was it, you were going to be dead tonight. Would you say to yourself, I wish I would have done some things different yesterday? And he goes, well, yeah. And I said... You're doing exactly the same thing today you did yesterday. Why don't you maybe invest in something different? Whoa.
0: Yeah, but catching a Hattie at NHLPA 221. Is... <laughs> yeah, okay, no, no. Bro, but all 13 things, at no, 13, but okay, Jesus, happy. it's Canadians. Yeah, support. you are a hardcore Any other support
1: have been fine. You are a hardcore yeah. dad. You're shooting at an immigrant. I know, no. <laughs> this show brought to you by Tim Hortons, I guess is what we're going That's what we're going with. Large double-double, no, no. double. call me yeah. <laughs> Tim Hortons. Yeah. I will drop <laughs> That's it.
0: You're so much better than Chili's. <laughs>
1: Okay, hang on, a second. We have y'all a better while. <laughs> Listen here, Chili, Salt Lake City. You're playing coming for now. the letters in the mail, baby. The demand letter is on its way. Serve me six margaritas and then tow my car. Oh my! Car chilies <laughs> coming for you, margaritas. Sorry. Sorry, that's a necessity for this every show. A we beef, have to. Man. I'm wearing that's the deep, wrong colors that's in this deep beef, yeah. man. You no, got no, rock and blue. I'm good. rocking oh, yeah. red. This is we're not a good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> 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 East, Coast, East Coast, West Coast beef in here. <laughs> yeah, that's the one you're going to beef with. Get that. that's yeah. A, yeah, that's a good point. Hey, man, I live in the beef. That's a good point. Right. Oh man. All right. So. Back to the story that we that was a, that was a was it a segre or a digress? It was, was a digress. It was
2: a development. All a development.
1: Topic that was, so was a t- off-topic development. Okay,
2: cool. Americans got such a way with words. I know. Mm. We, no,
1: no, this guy literally.
2: Cespedaleon, uh, dude, it's. <laughs> we thought you it was the chair. no, we thought it was the
1: chair because literally dude. you understand the other guy that normally sits in this chair is special in the best possible way. Um, he says the things that you think but can't say. That's okay. the guy that sits in this chair oh, normally. That's nice and uh sometimes delivers it like bubbles <laughs> it's just it's to the point where i'll, I'll give you i'll give an example because now here we talk about him he was completely convinced because he'd never seen any star wars movie yeah that the bad guy's name was dark vader dark <laughs> and vader. Then, dark vader. and then he's when like, he found out it wasn't dark <laughs> vader proceeded to argue why it should be dark vader he was apoplectic yeah. about they're like dark he's like
0: dark? <laughs> What's a dark how is it not obvious that he's dark vader <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that's it. so that's what that's what you're replacing today. What we're normally working with. I got with. you. So standards
2: yeah. are really high. Yeah,
1: but you, exactly, standards oh. are super low. His
2: sister. is one What of are the popular. ratings on this show anyway? They got to be yeah, pretty high. We actually definitely actually, higher than the Apprentice. We right? actually
1: no, well, I don't know. We actually we actually have over ten thousand su- subscribers to this fiasco. Really if yeah. you can even believe it, you should be <laughs> <laughs> See, again, that's what a good da- that's what a good guest does, Caudle. They
2: badger you halfway through the show. I like it. They just start I like it. badgering. Oh, you. That is amazing. Life up. is too hard to be serious, guys. He, yeah. Comedy's my relief, man. You want oh, yeah. to develop resiliency, develop comedy. I love right? I, no we want yeah, to talk we want to talk about
1: we want to talk about adversity. Mm-hmm. And he just comes on and starts badgering us. I guess that's, that's right.
0: I'll take a roast. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Works for me.
1: <laughs> so let's do this, man. Let's take a quick break. We're gonna take a quick stop. And when we come back, man, I wanna hear how you go from nine kids, because we literally just got to to Canada. Mm. So I want to hear how we got from Canada with nine kids. I'm sure it went through with Tim Hortons at some point. And then we wind up back where you guys are today. I want to talk about what you're doing now. So we'll be right back in just a second.
0: Get an Astro van full of nine kids.
1: Hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com. Well, we'll share any links that we've things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. He's like fuck us. And if you right want to down. catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at the John Gafford. I'm here. Give me a shout. Back from the break. Back from the break. Sitting here in studio with Chris Connell, Esquire as always, and my dude Ben Humble, the humble CEO. And uh, today we're talking about resiliency, man. If you if you missed the first half of this, uh, it was awesome. Um, yeah, you got to go check it out. If you if you if you're just catching this on YouTube, you're just catching the second half. You probably want to go back and hear the whole story. But
0: especially if you're but, feeling sorry for yourself,
1: for yeah, me. if you're feeling sorry for yourself, uh, we're we're picking this back up where uh, Ben and his family, nine kids, have just escaped Romania with his father fo- with his parents. They escaped to uh, to Canada, which is where we are, Windsor. Um, I've never been to Windsor. It's a <laughs> Great place. No, I'm scared. Americans. No, it's fine. Uh, so, your family still in Windsor? They're still there? Yep. Still there. Yep. So, escape to Windsor. Yep. And that's where you're at. And then, we'll, so where we go now? Now, you're how old in Windsor?
2: So, I'm six years old, Windsor. Okay. Growing up, nine kids. You know, by the time I'm nine, I guess I'm nine. By the way, there's one every year for nine years. So, we figured out mom was pregnant for about seven years if you add it all up together Irish oh
0: septuplets or something.
2: Yeah. yeah. Nope. There's literally one every year for nine years. God just blessed her like, oh, you're pregnant again. Pregnant again. Set the clock on January again. 1st. So all your wives need to stop complaining. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. My wife would have more kids. I'm the one that's like, yeah
0: well,
1: good. We're too old for that, so it's fine. <laughs> my wife would have 10 kids if we could. We just got started too late. Yeah. So it is what it is. All right. So six years old, growing up in Windsor, what happens?
2: Yeah. So mom and dad are working two, three jobs to put food on the table. And dad is just this steadfast man. He's moving forward. Every day he's just moving one step. And I watched dad basically incrementally grow his mindset grow his life grow just everything that has to do with abundance and watching dad never give up never quit mom too mom is the hardest worker I know mom launched a restaurant and for 10 years she worked 14 hours a day was
1: it no quick question was it was it the standard now listen was it the standard immigrant story where they were just working circles around every single other person? which is what seems to be the tale of America. You with look one, at immigrants that are great successes in America. They just come here and they just outwork everybody else that's entitled and grew up here.
2: With one big caveat today, okay. okay. What is that? Yes, they did work, but never lost sight of their mission, their faith, and their purpose. So around all the work was bringing other families from Romania. Dad launched two churches. He would drive to wow. Toronto for years every Sunday with all of us kids in the car to go and preach in the evenings because he preached in the morning in the Windsor church. So he's doing this back and forth thing to to Toronto every Sunday for years. So they never lost sense of their faith, never lost sense of their mission in life. So add all those together. It wasn't mom and dad were just working and ignored as kids. Right? No, no. We had amazing Sundays. We had family over all the time. We were always at church, probably six, seven days a week. In fact, we were at the church so often that dad said, you guys should all go to private school. And we ended up going to private school in the same building where the church was.
1: See, I think that's I think that's a great point because so many people think that they're going to bury themselves in their work. And this is an immigrant thing. This is just a hustle, a hustle yep. culture thing, if you will. Yep. Somebody people think they're going to bury themselves in the, in their work, they neglect their family, they neglect their health and neglect everything else. And then at some point there's this mythical pot of gold or, or this finish line that is just never really there. And they think when I cross that finish line, now I can come back and now I'll be the family guy and now I'll take time for myself. And what happens is that finish line is never there. Doesn't it just, it, it keeps moving and you end up, you know, you wake up one day and your kids are 17, 18 moving out of the house. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're like, you know, whoops, I did that. You so I love the fact I love the fact that your dad and your mother were working hard to simultaneously create the life that they wanted.
2: Yeah, and there, w- weaving, there was no finish line. Family at the end. weaving, mission weaving, yeah. the church weaving, all that stuff together. And so I just developed tremendous respect for them for watching them do that. Now, like every kid, I had my problems and issues and whatever. Growing up, I actually wanted to be a musician. So I remember like they would go and do the part time jobs at the church. They would go clean, vacuum, take out the garbage. Well, my way around that as a lazy ass 15 year old was to go, mom, I'll go practice the piano in the in the main chapel. So they would let me literally practice and play while they sat there and vacuumed. You rebel kid!
0: You You I was the worst. Yeah, you're the worst. Could you
2: imagine the audacity? The audacity of you playing piano and chill on your own? How ridiculous! It was. Well, listen, (laughs) I gotta be honest. It was the greatest for me. It was the greatest gift I ever got. Was mom and dad having that second job because I knew that I had to go and help them. That was just the right thing to do. Yeah, because mom and dad were working two, three jobs, and even as a young kid, kid, I understood the sense of responsibility, especially being the oldest. But that to me was an outlet mom mom and dad were so gracious that they would stay extra and i had other siblings there with me working and stuff like that too so i'm really thankful that they were like there's a the piano go ahead and play it. as a result of that when dad's church he's like you got 30 people in the church Hey, yeah. you! You yeah. play. You're the piano player. Now. Yeah.
1: Yep. Congratulations. So made me sit there
2: every Sunday. Welcome to the big time. And accompany the piano. everybody. So I learned music by ear, listening to a bunch of Romanian hymns and songs that, frankly, I didn't know how to play. Other than like, listen, and somebody mm-hmm. would sing these these crazy songs, and I would just sit there and try to figure out. And I got really good at picking up the picking up the, the notes. notes and mm-hmm. Yeah, the melody, and all that stuff. Smoke on the water. Well, not quite. I mean, <laughs> <Probably
1: good. laughs> That's what happened during communism. It's That's in the movie. Yeah. That's a different thing.
2: But I watched him do this stuff, so I learned to play music. And growing up, I wanted to be a musician. So even in high school, uh, I took all the easy classes. I actually failed math two times because I was extremely bored and didn't pay attention. Mm. I got a good ass whooping for that, rightfully so. Yeah. So I go to university for music in a couple years, and I'm I'm doing all this stuff. And, and I realized halfway through, like, hey, the greatest thing you're going to accomplish is to become a high school music teacher. Right. No, I and I had a conviction moment. I was like, This ain't what I want. This like it was my own personal thing, not that Mm. it's wrong to be a high school teacher, but it was wrong for me. It wasn't you, it wasn't your path. It wasn't me, man, because I like my family had all this push and all this stuff and all this big storyline, whatever. I'm not okay with a career. I don't want a career. I don't want a job. I don't want to fit in a box. I need to keep growing. Yeah. My need for expansion and growth. I saw a job as my outcome and I said, I'm out. Mm. And I literally dropped right out. I dropped out and I did the only thing that I knew how to do. You want to guess what it was? Uh,
0: OnlyFans? The Charleston. Not
2: quite, not quite. (laughs) He, Tim Hortons, he donuts. No, bro. I started cleaning. Cleaning. Started cleaning oh, because the church. I, oh, yeah. the I literally church. watched mom and dad clean all throughout See, my I youth. Swear
1: to, I swear to God, we're paying attention, and the test <laughs> shouldn't be this hard. Only fans. Only fans. I just was looking. <laughs> for Talking about
2: dancing to Charles. Only in the I don't I don't don't know. Know. Vegas. I man. don't know who knows. The shit was cleaner when I did it in Michigan. By the way, you know what's funny? I don't want to
0: like stop your story, but it is funny though how different things are now. Because if you're a kid and you learn music, get on YouTube and do your own shit. Yeah, we didn't have that opportunity. Wasn't a thing. Yeah. Wasn't the, so I, it wasn't even my impressed. purview. You like, no, it, it literally no, didn't have the but option. It,
1: but it's worse than that. You just tattoo up your face, yeah. put a stupid hairdo on, on and then mu- hook, and then yeah. mumble <laughs> something into a, into a YouTube video, and then you go make a record. Sorry, right. yeah, I didn't mean, but it's just... It's I'm, not that, say, I'm not mentioning it by names, but we know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I do. Can these guys go away quickly, Jeff quickly? Can Bieber? they please no, go no, away? No, but it's funny
0: because, yeah, you know, kids nowadays may not understand that... Like, well, what do you mean? You're a talented musician. You can go make beats. You can go DJ.
2: You can go do all this shit, and there's so much more availability yeah. for that it just outlet. wasn't a thing it and I didn't know thing. and it's again I take responsibility it was my own fault for going to a music school that promoted just becoming a teacher no, you were following a passion but we just yeah you know, anyway I don't you know continue on but
0: yeah. I just and I, you're making
2: a very valid I point cuz had it been today it they, may have been a different mindset right maybe, maybe today
0: maybe you don't start yeah. playing a company you actually go you know you're playing Raider Stadium with a stupid fucking helmet on <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> how, many, how many marshmallows do you think there are
0: yeah i need you to hit play on my ipad bro
1: pay a 75 grand oh okay <laughs> <laughs> by the way if you are listening to this marshmallow just kidding I, i'm little down little. No, no no i'm not i'm not sorry i'm down for that gig whenever you want oh sure i'll man. wear the helmet push play i'm fine pay me whatever you want i'm good
2: so this guy cleaning company yeah i started cleaning company cleaning the floors cleaning carpets all that and the benefit with doing that was, I started thinking about how do I make money. I got really industrious real quick. Right. I was already entrepreneurial because of my music and stuff like that, but I never really made any money. I had a paper route as a kid and all this other stuff. And I used to actually make paper origami and charge my siblings ten cents a piece. And I would make them a bird or a boat or whatever else. The junior hustle, man. I, I knew that game, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm like, I can't sell origami as a twenty year old, twenty one year old it doesn't play out. But I can clean. Yep. My first job was my mom. She gave me a hundred bucks to clean my own room. She gave me hundred bucks to clean my own room where I was living. What? Yeah. I was like, mom, I have a carpet cleaning business. Okay, if This carpet is dirty okay, as hell. My, How do kid, I know I'm the one making it yeah, dirty? It, Let me clean it and pay me a hundred. And mom was like,
1: okay. If my kids are listening to this, that ain't happening. Don't, yeah. Do, do uh, not even think about wrecking your house. Knocking. I think
2: a part of her, <laughs> yeah. my, my mom is a hustler. My mom saw the immigrant, the, the, the struggle, the entrepreneurial she, hustle. She was, she was fostering like, the hustle. She's like, I see you. Yeah. Right. She was like, give me like one of these, like, yeah, yeah. bro. Yep, yep. Right? Yep. She's like, you got this. So I cleaned the carpet and then a second one and a third one and a fourth one and you know six seven months later i'm cleaning like i'm literally cleaning all the dirty ass nightclubs in windsor after everybody parties at 2 a.m after all the americans come in and they just drink all of our booze and ruin our whole downtown scene my ass is going in there with my little floor scrubbing okay, machine listen, and me, scrubbing beer say, off you the by yourself all right let, let me, let me yeah. tell you something
1: right now on behalf of america you're welcome
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're welcome buddy. <laughs> we'll i've never back. cleaned more bud light <laughs> off in of my whole life but it was me. Molson
0: Canadian, you mean?
2: Molson, whatever it was. Americans there, are eh? drinking Canadian beers, by <laughs> no. the way. You guys are still drinking American stuff. Oh, cool. It was me. I'm thankful for my little brother, John, because my little brother would come and work with me. Like, this kid's in high school, and I'm like, yo, bro, we got a job. Let's get a- I'll uh-huh. pay you in Big Macs and, in a few bucks. And he would come out. He would yeah. literally come out at whatever he was, 13, 12. I probably shouldn't say, because you know, Canadian all <laughs> yeah, Canadian like a Canadian like But he would come out. He was, he was a bigger kid. He was trying to play football, so he'd come out and help me. and. I hired my cousin, I hired whoever, right. whoever I could figure out. I just got resourceful. Here's what it did for me. Every kid should have a service-based business. Mm-hmm. Every kid should do a paper route. By the way, I don't it think took, that exists anymore, I, but shit,
0: do you ever know a kid with a paper route who didn't go on to do something? Yeah, I had every, a
2: paper route for three years, bro. Like
0: okay. Every kid yeah. I know that had a paper route went on to make money. Well,
1: everybody we talk to, every single entrepreneur we talk to, always says the same thing. It's the, I was taking candy bars to school and selling erasers mm-hmm. and doing this. Or it, crack, whatever. whatever. It's, it's a yeah, Windsor. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Windsor, right to the crack, yeah. Yikes. Right to the crack. No, but it was always, you know... It 10, 12 years old. You're hustling. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it is what it is, and that's a good question because is, is that built in or is that innate or is that learned? No, what and I that?
2: think hustling. I could replace that word with learning. You're learning. Like yeah. I'm, I'm a street smarts guy. I'm almost zero book smarts. That's why I married somebody with an MBA. I was like, I'm, I'm dumb as hell, but when it comes to street smarts, making money, talking to people, getting out there, hustling that's all street stuff. And, and there's a level of resiliency you build just working, just oh, sure. talking to people, just figuring stuff out. There's a very quick, you know, feedback loop. Hey man, I, can I clean your floor? No, man, I got somebody doing it for 50 bucks. Shit, bro. I'll do it for 49. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I'll do it for 49. And I'll put this other chemical down for you. Okay, cool. Then you learn very quickly. You learn about cost cutting. You learn about, mm-hmm. you know, like being efficient with your resources. You learn about sales. how to sell yourself. Yeah. You got to learn sales in life, man. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to learn sales, then you better find somebody who knows sales because, to me, everything in life is a level of sales. Of course. Yeah, I mean, think
0: about everybody who is sitting in a cubicle. And I don't mean to shit on that lifestyle because it is what it is. It's comfortable. But a lot of those people have no interest in selling themselves. Right? Ask, they don't ask for a raise. There yeah. People well, are they, work on the <coughs> same job forever. They haven't sold themselves to that employer for a simple raise for themselves, let alone you know, to move up in life and take ownership or whatever. I think you
2: know I, what, I don't blame most of them because I tell you why they never saw a different narrative for their life. Mom yeah. and dad maybe were in a cubicle. Their cousins yeah. in a cubicle. Right. Being in a cubicle is the thing to do, and for them, it's cool. You got a couple of weeks off. It's do success and that's it's well, success, and it's not wrong, dude. I no. will tell you one thing mm-hmm. I learned about life, and this and this maybe resonate with your entrepreneurs in the audience. If everybody was like me, this should be a lot harder.
1: Oh no, for sure.
2: I need ninety sure. percent of them to be what we call sheep, because oh. lions need to hunt. Like, I I need to go and do my thing. I love working in a a socialist country Mm because I'm the only capitalist in a socialist country. Straight up. That is a huge advantage people don't realize. They'll complain about it. I love Canada, bro. I was able to build wealth and make millions of dollars in Canada because most people weren't. Somebody had to solve the bigger problems. People who live in a socialist country don't want to solve them. Solving housing, and we'll get to that. I solved some issues in my town. I made things affordable. I raised capital. I did a whole bunch of stuff that people weren't willing to do, and I'm thankful for it. All right. So, it. so
1: how do you? Okay. So you got you got. So how old are you with the cleaning business? Yeah, I'm I'm
2: 1920. I got you're 1920 years old, on and it. you're yep. banging down. How much was that? How much money? Yeah. What are you making? Probably first year was like 60 grand gross. So that's like, so before all expenses. I probably net maybe 15, 20. So, so, at 19 okay. though, man, I think I was slinging five dollar footlongs. <laughs> it's still 19.
1: Are, bro. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I was no, it, in way, 19. Like, no. Like, no. I was knee, I knee-deep in a puddle behind the bar. already already I was already slinging episode booze stuff. You got
2: it. Right, so I did yeah. 60, then I did 80, 85 my second year. I thought I was killing the game. Mm-hmm. I finally got one big customer. I'll never forget. I went to this condo building, a bunch of old people, and I was so polite. I had my Christian self with me. I'm like, hey, how are you? I just want to help you guys out. I want to do some work. And they let me clean their apartment building while I was actually... Uh, Still finishing up whatever university courses. I tried business for a semester. They paid me $4,000 to clean the carpets in this old people apartment building in Windsor. Shout out to you, Solidarity Tower. Changed the game for me. Four grand in one week. I was like, I'm out. I literally went back to school i was like yo anybody want to go to yeah, dinner call oh, me i got you i was in accounting class and i'm like "Yo, you know what's better than accounting four thousand dollars
1: yeah kelsey's yeah I, dude dude <laughs> yeah i i seen it
2: for everybody we're going out for for dim sum and all that yeah. I, I
1: had almost the exact same experience when i left school because I, I owned a bar when i was 20. yeah and um I was, I, sc- I was in a beverage right. class. So I was in a beverage class. I was in school for hospitality administration because yeah. that's what I thought my life was going to be. Because I've been in restaurants since I was a kid, right? And uh, I'm in this class and they're teaching how to pay uh, Florida beverage tax, is what they're talking about, liquor tax on, on kegged beer. And they're like, well, for every quarter barrel, you got to pay X and this, that works. And I'm like, I raise my hand. I'm like, that's not right. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, state of Florida lets you write off like a gallon per quarter barrel, per half barrel for spillage and foam. And then you can deduct that from your total amount and pay taxes on this. And the get- professor was like, no, you can't. I'm like, I did it two days ago. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? Maybe the institution has nothing further to offer me. And that was it for me in schools. So similar experience, man. Same thing. Other than Hooters University hooters university i'm never going to live down hooters university i do have a degree from hooters university oh, <laughs> that sounds very that's, pro- a, very that's promising that's enough that is a story for another day <laughs> all right so you didn't graduate from hooters university no, you got, the, I got you good got at the cleaning up things. shit other people yeah.
2: shit i really like i think everybody should clean up some shit sometimes oh, go do some hard every, stuff every every go, to go, shit, i yeah. literally cleaned up shit this morning because my dog took a shit on the carpet it is what it is mm-hmm. Go clean some shit, man. Go go get your hands dirty. Go and be offended by the smell of other people's odors. You need that in your life. Mm. You need a little bit, yeah, right? To be humbled. Like to be to get humble. That's why I wear this. That's right. I get Here's it. This thing is nothing yeah. more than a daily reminder to myself that it doesn't matter where you start, you decide where you end. You have a decision every day to 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 move forward, to lower your ego and grow your purpose. That's it. That's humble. Mm-hmm. Real easy. So I'm cleaning this stuff. I'm 21. I I joined this little B&I group, business network groups, and I started going there for lunches. And there's a guy who's like, I got a property for sale. I'm like, good, I need one. I'm living in mom's basement, cleaning my own carpets for a hundred bucks. I need a house, right? Yeah. I'm barely making any money. I'm making 15 grand a year. I'm not bankable. I can't get the house. So I asked the guy, I'm like, dude, show me the house. Shows me this duplex that used to be a convenience store. The outside still looks like a convenience store. He's like, I'll sell you this place for $126,000 shit might as well have been 10 million dollars sure. yeah
1: because you can't get the one you can't I mean, get the one i can't yeah. get a loan. Anyway. he can't get
2: it and he's like he's like have you ever read you know rich dad poor dad and a bunch of these books i'm like yeah man i've been reading books i've been going to events i was like can you help me do some creative financing he's like yeah i'll help you i was like cool so he was a broker he actually got me he got me a mortgage from i think it was a b lender or a C lender or something like that had to put a couple of dollars down which i was able to borrow and all that and you know mom gave me a gift letter and mom gave me some cash and I was like okay mom give me this money and you know I'll buy this property and mom helped me and all this other thing and I bought this property I closed on the deal I assumed the tenants on the bottom and I was paying 156 bucks a month plus utilities to live to live
1: cuz your tenants were there paying paying all the bills mm-hmm. yeah I moved okay, yeah, in baby.
2: Well, let's I go- moved in. First thing I did, I went to the store. I bought five different kinds of cereal. I bought two gallons of milk. Because when you're growing up in a house of nine yeah. kids, like that's that's gold right there. Well, I called rich. my brother. I was like, "Bro, <laughs> we dining in tonight." Chow blueberry, I got blueberry crunch, baby. I got all all it all. That. I said, like, "We gonna make all this." We <laughs> <laughs> we put all the cereal in one bowl. We were just scooping it out like it was going out of stock.
1: Uh, it's like uh, making swamp water. At the that's store. it. Okay,
2: all of it. Bro, it was it was next level. As soon as I did that first real estate deal, I was.
1: Well, see, I want to back up about that, though, because that is a lesson that I preach all the time to people that are looking to buy their first deal, which is it doesn't, the only thing that matters what it looks like at the deal is the numbers. Mm. Nothing else matters. You moved into a convenience store.
2: I moved into a convenience store. (laughs) Yeah,
1: because the numbers made. Sense, Yeah. It was, that was like, did you grow up as a child dreaming of living in a convenience store? No, I would add
2: one more caveat. (laughs) Not only did the numbers make sense, but I could do it. You could do it. See, back then it could have been a $200,000 or 80000 I don't, I didn't care. The fact that it was there and everybody else walked by it because it was a convenience store. I was like, I live in a convenience store, man.
0: Yeah. I'd like to point something out just real quick and not to shit on something, but you, we live in a day and age where people always make excuses. Yeah. Everybody makes excuses. Mm -hmm. Some people will say, Oh, your mom gave you part of the down payment. Right but like, you know what I mean? Get a gift letter, do all that stuff. Mom helped out with a couple grand here and there, right? But what people don't realize is that money exists. I don't care who you who are. Who cares? I don't care who you who are. Who cares? You could be a kid from D Street. If you come up to the right people, if you talk to people, if you're motivated, you're talking to this this guy, this broker with the deal, right? Yeah. He's going to help you with the deal because you've shown interest because you put yourself out there. I did. So he's going to now take you under his wing because mm-hmm. people will help. Yep. People will help others do things and they're
2: incentivized man he's financially incentivized he just wants to help another young kid who he sees working and doing his thing and but let's say for
0: example a couple grand wasn't there there are people and if you make if you're the kind of person that shows initiative and you're the kind of person that gets out there and talks to people and just asks the question there's people that will give you kind of that Yeah, they may charge you some points in the no movie. no no no. you can catch everywhere yeah. see so
2: a, a big lie and we can, we can get into real estate know. investing because like yeah. listen I don't want to be overly aggressive but I'm the I'm the freaking best at real estate education in Canada I've never said that before but I'm telling you right now because yeah. whoa, whoa 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 so, so best.
1: question why would you have never said that before well
2: I mean it's not that I have I just haven't said it in that context or in, the, in those words but now with the way you're speaking I'm telling you I'm That's the humble, best That's and it. the reason why I'm the best the reason why I help people the most is because I'm such a believer in the outcome, yep. and dude, you got to be willing to do whatever it takes to get to that outcome. Right. And if you're not planting seeds with people, go, hey man, you got a property? I'd love to own a property. Right. How do I do that? Right. Show me how to do that. We're all assuming everything's a no. Life starts at no, bro. Right. Everybody. My only point
0: is that is day in day out, day in day out, I hear people complain about. Everyone else's privileges And I don't mean I'm not talking about and race And I get that I Or get gender that. Yeah. But everybody says Well my parents couldn't help me with that I'm like you don't need your parents Let's
2: get tactical Just for one second yeah. Then we'll get back to the storyline Sorry tactical, I, just, I like to point No I want to yeah, hit I on your tactical nature ear. Listen mom grabbed it from a credit card To give to her son to buy a house sure. Everybody has credit And if you don't have credit Go get credit Your right. cousin got credit Your mom and your dad get, Everybody has access to capital They just don't want to do it
0: Right and make it worth mm. their while For them to help you out too
2: Yeah I Sorry. mean again You it's look back a at was not a It was not a freebie was not a whatever, not like, even implying that. But, but, but I don't care who you are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But here's here, here's something else interesting to what you just said. Was you said puts plant seeds out there, keep planting seeds right. with people because here's an you know I saw something the other day that was shocking to me. This was shocking to me, and it was a TikTok video with about a hundred and eighty thousand views maybe, and it was a dude explaining how to fill out a check.
0: <laughs> I know.
1: And here's the moral of the story. The moral of the story is smart people that know how to do things we kind of assume other people know how to do them already. Yeah. So if you're around smart people that do are doing smart stuff and you're in the room and you're, you have their attention they're around you, part of them in their brain thinks you already know what they know. Yeah. So it's up to you to put it out there that I don't know this crump, push down the ego, push up the humble and say, I don't know this. Can you help me? Can you help me with this? Let me it, add
2: one piece to that. I want to validate yeah. that a little bit here. So. People are like, how do I do this? How do I get started? Go clean shit. The only answer I have for you is I started cleaning shit. I started carpet cleaning business. I was cleaning other people's garbage literally six months later I joined and I paid $500 to be in a group in a room with people that were better than me and knew something about business because I was hoping I could learn a thing or two. I happened to be in that room where that mortgage broker was there and that's the only reason why I bought that property. Think about what that $500 bought you. Bought yeah, proximity
0: is power. Five dollars a month rent.
2: It brought him the beginning of a new career. And that's what, what I'm saying. So people say yeah. all that's the time, I can't afford mentorship. I can't afford mentorship. Bullshit. Just get in a room with somebody who has more than you and just ask questions and be vulnerable and be open it's scary but dude there's m- many more things that are mm. scarier that five hundred dollars got me that deal the roi fi- on
0: that five hundred dollars is, is huge just, <laughs> it's just
2: millions yeah, million, millions of dollars it's, gone. <laughs> it's epic see that five hundred dollar investment led to me raising over 40 million dollars privately to buy and sell real estate with right you. because at that time i bought that first property and i'll just keep moving on yeah. this piece three four months later i'm hooked bro yeah all my friends are gonna buy a house man i'm like i have a house My name's on title and everything. Mm -hmm. I got a house, man. Four or five months later, I'm like, I'm literally door knocking, looking in the paper all over again. There's another guy. He's got, got a house for sale. Same thing. I got up. I was like, hey, can you help me finance? Can you help me do some seller financing? I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, OPM books, a bunch of books. I'm like, I don't know how to do this, but can we figure it out? figured out the second deal six seven months later I bought the second property also had a pre-existing tenant I moved out of the first one rented it out moved into the second and rented the upstairs now I got three tenants and two properties
1: and what's your monthly nut
2: What's your Like? I was actually you breaking. You went from 121 Now 120, you're breaking even? I was breaking even or making just a hair. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So you're living for free now. I'm living literally for free after two properties. Under Keeping my expenses year. low. I was driving a 94 Dodge caravan because that's what I had for my business oh. with no 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 uh no air conditioning, the windows didn't work. So every stoplight I'd stop and open the door and fan <laughs> that shit out just to get a little bit of air in here. The ceiling was even falling on my head. My buddy John, who was in the cleaning business and I was working for him as a subcontractor, would tease me, hey man, you got this old van, you got this thing, whatever. I'm like, yeah, bro, but I got two properties. Yeah. yeah, He's like, I got five. I'm like, I know you got five, but I'm coming for you. Yeah. I got two. About that. I met a beautiful girl, Romanian girl, doing my thing at church, playing music, all that, because I was still traveling with dad mm-hmm. and doing that. I take her to the property. I was like, look at this amazing home I got. She's like, oh. <laughs> wait, wait. So you're, te- wait, you're telling me you landed her with the caravan? I landed her with a 94 Dodge Caravan, bro. <laughs> she was paying <laughs> okay. for my meals. That, is, man, a ke- that's a keeper, that is a keeper, sir. That is a keeper. Uh, yeah, I, I well, I can't. Yeah. Let me. For, clarify okay, I for, had a van, but I also had okay. a Cavalier, right? For, okay. Oh, Cavalier. oh okay. The Cavalier. Oh ca- yeah, a yeah. Cavalier. Yeah. I, I, okay. I had All two right. cars. Yeah. I had <laughs> two cars. Yeah, flex. Okay. Yeah, who bro? can't who can pick up chicks in a <laughs> like, Cavalier? Yeah, come on. It wasn't even a Z twenty four. It was just a regular black two door. But man, I mean that thing had a sunroof. <laughs> yeah, that's right? That car slapped bro. Yeah, that's bullshit. We used to sit there, we used to bump two hosses. Duh.
0: 15-inch like stock rims on that right. bad boy. No, oh, they they yeah. were <laughs>
2: They were alloy. I
0: think they were alloy nice. rims. Were, was, were, it the, was it the Rammstein he was bumping out yeah, that thing? Rammstein. It was cool.
2: Rammstein, and then on the weekends, it was Christian music. I, I mean, real, right? just hearing
1: this story, I'm thinking if you guys break up, I'm in. I say, like,
2: yeah, I'm, I'm there. But she challenged me. She said, this is nice, and it's a nice property. And she's like, what about we buy something for us? And I was, I had literally just bought this probably a month before, and I'm like, I'm living good. And I'm like, this is exactly the push I needed. Mm -hmm. Thank you So we went shopping For another property I found a beautiful duplex Like you know Just a mile up the road And it was like Three bedroom Each side All hardwood Gorgeous thing With a full basement Two car garage All that Because I was like If you move to Canada I'll get you a nicer property Right
0: Were you in Romania Or she in Romania So
2: she was actually in Michigan I'm living in Windsor So like we met At a Michigan church And I mean Try to convince a You know Romanian girl To leave her mom And her family And move to Canada wasn't easy So I I had to Bring my A game Yeah Right
0: You had to bring the Cavalier. cavalier. You had to bring the the Cavalier. cavalier.
2: (laughs) Right? Followed by the van. I mean, just it is what it is, man. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Um, But that was the move. So she she directly, indirectly challenged me, and I'm so thankful for that. We bought that third property. So we bought that third property. We closed on it like two days before we got married. We got married. We went there after we got married, like the day after, and we're like, we're going to go on our honeymoon in five, six days. We didn't have hydro turned on, nothing. We literally just... Mattress, Hydro, floor, power. candles. Is that, what, is, what is Hydro? What is that? Power. 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 Sorry. Power. We got, we got Yang. States. On the <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I got you. We didn't you. have, we didn't have power. We didn't, it was the middle. It was, it was September. So we didn't have like, you know, heat or any of that stuff. We didn't need it. We just slept on a mattress for three, four days. And then we went on our honeymoon. He wasn't wearing a toque yet. No toque. I wasn't wearing a toque. Is right. Jeep,
1: can I say jeepers? Is that a thing? Well, jeepers, not, not uh, a thing. That's, that's a
0: different Did I make yeah, that up? Yeah, yeah
1: totally. that's I, another thing. I feel like that's offensive. Like Canadians are going to start boycotting this so I'm like, job. Ah,
2: I'm pretty sure it's Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just make that. I don't know. No, no, no. So
1: Listen. now we're
2: cranking. We got three. Mm-hmm. We literally got three properties, and I'm 23 years old, beautiful bride. Oof. Three properties, 23 cash flow positive, still cleaning carpets.
0: Nice. Did yes. you see the hustle in them or what? What was the? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Just saw that in his eye. What can we do? Yeah. What can we do? I mean, she married me for my money. That's, it's that mm. simple, right? The cavalier and the money.
0: No, man, it's cavalier. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just the, just the cavalier. That's here. Listen, when we were dating, she was my sugar mom. It cost me $8 <laughs> to get the Detroit and back all the time just in toll. And by the time I pay gas, it was $20 every single time. So I'd go over there. and I'm like, yo, you got a job, right? You work at the library. Maybe you could pay for dinner every once oh. in a while. She was, she was my sugar mama even back then. It was amazing. Yep. I lived at
1: 13 Mile in Ferris in
2: Detroit. I did. Yeah, I used to drive to, to 12 and John R. Yeah, it was a... See, you don't even know where I was going.
1: I made it literally one winter in, in Detroit, and I called my boss, and I said, hey, man, I'm moving back to Orlando or Atlanta in two weeks. And he goes, you're quitting? I go, that all depends on what you say next. Yep. And he called me back to my tennis was he goes, Orlando. I said, hey, that's what I wanted to hear. Good enough for me. So... When did you stop cleaning? Car? Does that business still run?
2: No. So that. Yeah, we did that, uh, and then two, so we got married in two thousand eight, two thousand nine happened. Mm-hmm. Two thousand nine happens, and my immigrant brain is like, oh my god, I'm, 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 am salivating oh, like Pavlov's yeah. dog. You right? weren't no for those, fe- for, for those fear yeah, response. for those of you no, that are young, excitement. For, the, for, for
1: those of you that are young, that don't know what he's talking about. Two thousand nine, that was the financial crisis when the foreclosure crisis ran through, rampant across North America, and the the price of, of, of properties plummeted. Yeah. So, that's what kind we're, of we're the
2: brother and sister to Detroit. So, Detroit yeah. took a massive hit. Windsor took a big hit too because yeah, yeah. we're a big automotive city. Yeah but, yeah, but but relatively less in Canada. Canada's yeah. such relatively a very less, but Windsor where I was windsor, got yeah. hammered. So, pri- yeah. prior to that, every property I couldn't find stuff for less than about 90 grand on the MLS that was for sale. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I was always in that kind of 90, 100, maybe 80, 80 if it was whatever 30. <laughs> the very first property that I found in 2009 was 25, it was actually $39,000 was yeah. the asking price. And it was by CMHC, which is the government insurance company, kind of like you guys have Fannie and Freddie. I worked for them. I underwrote for them. Oh, you did? Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. I I get it. Apparently, that's hilarious in Canada. I'm not sure. 25 grand. 25 grand. 25 grand. They looked at me. The house was, just give you some context real quick. I know we can't smell anything in this room, but this was the cat house, meaning everybody in the neighborhood who did crack and whatever else, they would migrate all the cats to this area and just let them percolate right oh so they would live in the crawl space on the furnace duct inside the house i walked in and there was cat piss on the ceiling oh god you imagine the crazy party those cats must have had <laughs> like yo cat what's up Psst, yeah, right
1: that's aggressive
2: so cat piss on a ceiling on the floor in the ductwork everywhere and so if you've ever been in a house like that you know the stench oh the yeah, it's, yeah carpet it's, everywhere
0: i have flipped that house what's tricking though it's trichino- it's, uh, it's um it also carries like really bad bacteria too.
2: oh yeah 100 percent what did I know? I'm an immigrant. I'm used to bacteria. Like I ain't got none of this problem, right? been cleaning, I've been cleaning Your whole career cleaning shit has prepared I was you for this. Prepared, bro. You're prepared I walked for this in move. and I was like, this you know, I'm, Super Bowl. I'm like, boom, I'm ready to take <laughs> down, Super you know, the, the bin Laden God. of cats over here. Like I'm rolling, right? I'm a Navy SEAL.
0: Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, <the laughs> baby, yeah, <laughs> sure. Tom Brady the, of the Justin
2: Bieber of hot. You know, never mind. Leave I mean, that one The Celine Dion of singing. I don't know. That's all the Canadians. <laughs> So I walked into this claim. cat pee house And the lady had passed away he was living there And she was hoarding all these cats Probably throwing them And eating them Whatever You, never, you never. Straight up Simpson stuff <laughs> Yes 100% <laughs> Bought this place I made an offer for 25 grand And they accepted it And I was like yeah But I didn't have 25 grand No No Who's gonna have 25 grand in 2009 When there's not actually not a lot of capital floating around And nobody really knows how this game works The liquidity kind of dried up back yeah. then Right yeah, you yeah. Remember it the did. crisis No for sure I go to the bank And they're like nope So then I'm like Crap What do I do by the way, the guy who wrote the offer was also in that same BNI group. Just a little moral to the story. Just join a $500 little group with whatever business owners yeah. and just start there. Just get to know people have been doing anything for 10, 20 years in business. Yeah. Chamber of yeah. Commerce, whatever. Anything yeah. so you can just get a sense of like what your city is doing and who's doing what. And that's the fastest way I find to just get started. But anyways, I go to my mother-in-law and I was like, hey, I married your daughter. <laughs> I moved her to Canada. Yeah, I robbed her from you. Mm-hmm. I didn't even give you a dowry. They don't have anything to give. Yeah. You can have my van. Could, well, see, please no, don't notice, take my Cavalier. No, I was going to say, notice it's the van, not the Cavalier. <laughs> no, Cavalier's not awkward. offering that one. You can have my van, but I need twenty five grand. At first, she was worried. Right? She's like, oh I don't know, because. Every immigrant parent worries. That's just the way that it is. You're taught to live under scarcity and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. So you save everything and you scrimp and save your whole life. She's like, I don't know. I don't know. But she had faith in me and she believed in me. And she said, okay, I'll do it. She gave me the money. The full house cost 25 grand. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, buddy. I pulled in every favor I had. My wife's dad was there. My dad was there. My mom was there. My brother was there. We were there Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, and New Year's Day to get this property ready for the tenants that were moving in January the 1st. Mm-hmm. Even the tenants came by and painted their own place I can <laughs> give them $500 off. It was a $500 rental. I spent twenty five dollars on the rehab with everything that I figured out. And I'm talking like the tiles didn't match. The grout was 16 colors. I used mortar for grout because I didn't know the difference. We didn't have like YouTube and all that really mm-hmm. back then. So mm-hmm. I slapped this thing together, the twenty five dollars from the rehab. Came from whatever line of credit I could get because I would call every three months, like, hey, what's my line of credit? They're like six grand. I'm like, can you make it seven? Just give me more. Yeah. Right? But you, sir, you're not using the other amount. I'll need it at some point. Slap this thing together January 1st. I hand these tenants the keys. They move over. It's $500 for the rent. By the time I paid all the expenses you out of the dollars bucks $200 what? cash flow. $200, 200, $200 cash, 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 flow. cash flow. I go to the bank and I said, I have a property. This is immoral. I have a property. And it's paid out. I paid cash for it. I have tenants, and it's positive cash flow. I'm a business owner. I want to restructure this debt, just like that. And they're like, okay. They did an appraisal, or appraised for sixty two thousand. They gave me sixty five percent loan to value. I got forty something thousand dollars back in my pocket. I paid mother in law. I paid most of the renovation budget. Right. And now I'm back to square one. There you mm-hmm. go. And I'm Put yeah, buddy. But you're on title. It's my fourth property. I'm on title. New set of tenants. This is two thousand nine. I'm living life.
0: Subject to frupta.
2: <laughs> and that was the cascade, man. It was literally the cascade. Two thousand ten I bought eleven. Every single month. I gave up my twenty ten. I punted that Ugh. whole year. I saw my wife one day a week. All I did was work. I cleaned carpets. I fixed houses. Every month I was buying, doing lipstick stuff, renting, refinances, rented, refinances. Bird is what that's bird. Called I birded. It. It. Burr. Buy rent refinance. Repeat. Restore, repeat. Repeat, repeat, retarded, whatever. I mean, it's all the same. It just felt like that, like it's all the burrs. Right. Yeah. And that was my 2010. It's just crank.
1: You know, that's it's one of my biggest regrets from that time I know. was at that time, uh, i was just an agent here in Vegas. I wasn't a broker, didn't own a company. And I was one of the number one REO agents in the country. Mm. I mean, <laughs> just taking my 3% on hundreds and hundreds and I mean thousands yeah. of properties that were priced like that. And, and what I, 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 I should have been doing was partnering with somebody Mm. creating an LLC and buying all of that, all all that inventory is what I should have been doing. And a lot of people, and a lot of people did do that. And a buddy just like
2: you from high school helped me buy 60 of these houses. And he watched me buy them all. Yeah. And he 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 just made three points and he just just made made his money, made his money. Then years later, it's like, man, I should have bought some houses with you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Because at that point, at that point, you know, you go from, I was, I'd walk in the office with flip flops and board shorts on, turn my computer on and there'd be 30 new listings sitting on my, on my computer. That's what it was. And that's what it was every just every day like that. It was crazy. So let me Instead, hit you on the
2: resiliency thing just real briefly here. Yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen to the market because back then hindsight is hey, that would have been great. I would have bought it knowing where the market is. Back then, we just thought the market was either going to zero yeah. or it was going to come back at some point in some capacity. Yeah. I didn't know is my first real bear market. I just realized that twenty five grand is less than a Honda. Mm-hmm. At some point, these things gotta come back they to 50, come up. 60, 70. I didn't know. And then That's came my only hope.
1: And then came 11 and the hedge funds. Here they come. And then
2: came the roaring 20s all <laughs> yes. the way back. Right? All the way back. So we, we bought those properties and then that led to buying more properties. And in 2013, I launched a mortgage company. Mm-hmm. So I launched a private lending company. I used to ask my tenants, why don't you guys own a house? And they're like, well, we can't get credit. We can't get this. We can't get this. My dad bought his first house making $12 an hour working in a factory. Mm-hmm. And the bank had mercy on him and let him buy a house. Yeah, yeah. So I have a real soft spot for housing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'd find my tenants and go, why don't you guys own a house? And they give me all the excuses why. And I just sat in my brain for months and months and months. And one day I look at my wife, I said, I'm launching a mortgage company. She's like, how? We don't have any money. I was like, yeah, but I have intelligence. I'll figure it out. So what I started doing was, market started going up. I was buying houses and I decided to buy a house and fix it and put it out for rent. But instead I tried to sell one house. Yeah. My first house ever Owner will carry. And exactly. And I put it back out. Some dude came and actually he's like, I'll just pay cash, 89 grand. And I was like, crap. And I took the money. I took uh, the money, no, put some cash no, in my no. pocket. The very next deal I bought for 45, spent 45 to fix that 90 into this property. And I found that beautiful old lady who was in the retirement season of her life. And I was like, listen, I'll sell you this thing, but I want to be a mortgage lender. She's like, mm-hmm. I need a mortgage. And I sold it for 120,000.
1: Yep. How much down? 10, my or, cost 10 basis or 20%. Was 90.
2: I had zero down. 10 You
1: gave her zero down?
2: Zero down, just pay all the legal and closing costs. Okay. And which I capped at about 4500 bucks. Okay. So she had to pay for in the way so I sold the property if you want to get technical. I sold the property, brought a first lender in, another private guy. They gave her 75% of the new purchase price, who was the same guy that gave me the money when I yeah, bought yeah. the property the first time. I held my entire profit in a second mortgage. I made $356.77. On my very first mortgage deal. And I was like, yeah, buddy, profitable, (laughs) profitable. I removed all of the the maintenance and all this stuff. And if you guys track with Ontario became extremely tenant friendly. So I literally got out of the landlording business and got into the mortgage business back in 2013. Mm -hmm. I I never bought another rental after 2013. I sold all the ones I had because they had a bunch of equity by that point. And I just started doing them. And we did hundreds. I,
1: yeah, I, I, lo- I love that. I love that owner will carry model when you go cash because you can, if you do it right and you do it with the right people, you can get a decent enough down payment to take your position yep. completely out of, out, of, out of the realm of being speculative or, 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 or being any, anything you should worry about, which right. is great. And really essentially what you're doing is even if you do a, a, a three-year note with a balloon, right? Whatever it is. And they get to a point where they can't refi out of it. All you're doing is guaranteeing your, you're guaranteeing your tenant's going to stay there for as long as you want because right. they're not going to leave their down payment. They're not going to be like, oh, we can't get it. Can we extend the terms? Yeah, I can extend the terms again, which is great. So I, I love that owner-carrying model much more than I love the rental model. I think it's great.
2: I, I love it, too, for many reasons. Like the cash flow is great and there's zero yeah. headaches. Yeah. In Canada, especially in Ontario, where we're from, uh, you want to be a lender. You do not want to be a landlord. Because the there's no other the roofs? Canada and the U.S., right? <laughs> a little bit backwards. So in okay. Canada… You don't want to be a landlord because it's it's so tight against landlords. There's so much crap that people got to deal with. But as a lender, as private lender, it's basically unregulated. There's nothing going on. You create the rates you want, so long as you don't you know violate usury. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You can do pretty much whatever you want. You could charge fifteen points, twenty points, thirty points. It does it doesn't matter. So it just goes. You do whatever you want to do. Whereas over here, you have Dodd Frank and a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. So over here, it's harder to be a lender in Canada. It's it's pretty easy what if so
1: so what if i'm somebody man we're kind of we're running we're running deep now so if i'm somebody i hear this man i go man this humble guy's on to something yeah like you said best real estate coach in canada best same techniques will still work here in the states (laughs) so if i'm somebody and i want to find you man how do i find you if i'm somebody listening to this and believe it or not people do. Yeah. It's shocking. You, mean you want to find a
2: guy like me? No, want if they want you. to find
1: you, man. I'm trying to help you
2: right now. I got you. Hey, humble.ceo.
1: Humble.ceo. Nice Humble. and easy to find you. Really and, and, and you do coaching for new real estate people? Yes.
2: Yeah, so we've got a whole education company. We help people get started, build one to $5 million real estate businesses or investor capital. That's what we do 24 seven. All those things. Yep.
1: So man, if this sounds like something that you might be interested in and, uh, and I got to tell you, after hearing that story, I, I I don't know how you're sitting there with any excuses in your pocket. Because um, you're not
0: willing to clean up shit.
1: Yeah, because you, you got if you're if you're willing to clean up shit yeah. and you're willing to uh, hit my dude, I, I think he can probably head to, to some success. So, I don't want
0: to hear people talking about how they want
1: to. And, and, and here's an, and here's one. and here's another quick lesson. How I know Ben. We're in a mastermind group together. Yep. That's how we know each other. So there you go. Anyway, man, well, it was a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you so much, man. Um, if you're listening to this, man, happy Thanksgiving to everybody as that comes up tomorrow. Spend some time with your family and friends. Uh, you know, Hopefully you'll, you'll be safe. Do you know that tomorrow night, Wednesday night, is the busiest bar night of the year in the United States? Did you know oh, that? Oh, yeah.
0: Because a whole bunch of people get together with some family. More
1: than New Year's Eve. No, no. Because okay. people go home and then they meet all their friends at the bar. Right. So it's busy. Tomorrow is more booze sold than actually- hey, yes, You guys want to
2: start a flooring? business Tomorrow's we're gonna, start gonna be a good business. day to clean the floors out of the let's go Sorry, clean some shit, my good day to my clean some shit 13, up his kids are minutes. <laughs> That's That's it. A yeah we can put
1: them Got to work it. works for me works for me <laughs> well guys as always man if you like what we do here make sure you tell a friend and if you hate it tell too because it doesn't matter if they're talking good or bad as long as they're talking about as long you. as they're talking about you see you next time <laughs> Hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com where we'll share any links that we've things we talked about on the show as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at thejohngafford. I'm here. Give me a shout.